some of my female friends fall into that of like, you know, not wanting to disappoint anyone, not wanting to say no to things, um, not wanting to set boundaries. And I've really, you know, learned that I can only pour from a full cup and I have to um, really think about, you know, what I need in order to show up more fully for other people. Hey everyone, welcome back to the episode of Who Can Relate. If you are watching, you're welcome. And um, today we're going to be talking about all things um, the modern day woman, the modern day woman entrepreneur, um, CEO, all of the above. Um, so let me introduce Miss Elena Hansen. Hello. Welcome to Who Can Relate. Thank you. Thank you're you welcome. For having me. Um, it's an honor, it's a privilege, and I would love for you to tell the people a little bit more about you. Yeah, my name is Elena Hansen. Um, I'm the founder of Swim Social. Um, I've had the business for about seven years now, and I'm originally from Washington State, a small town called Yakima, um, and then moved to Seattle, went to University of Washington, and then moved down to Los Angeles almost 10 years ago. Mm, husky. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Go dogs. <laughs> um, okay. And tell us what Swim Social is and how'd you come up with the name Swim? Mm. Uh, Swim Social is a full service social media agency. So we handle um, really all things social media for our clients, which span brands, businesses, talent, celebrity talent. Um, and, you know, we really focus on like building a strategy for them. Um, coming up with the creative direction. It's all in collaboration with the client. Um, and then we also, you know, create the content, manage the platforms, develop the research and reporting on a weekly and monthly basis. Um, so we really use it, you know, as a tool for storytelling, marketing, uh, monetization. And um, we're a team of six women currently. Okay. Love it. Um, we have an extended family and roster of, you know, creative talent that is global at this point but we oh, have wow. you know a, a number of photographers and video people and designers and stuff that we work with in LA as well wow. that have very much been a part of you know the the building of the business mm. um and yeah we we focus on social media and swim is um called swim because I've always related my marketing approach to water mm. and like being fluid and always evolving and changing with the times and um, social media is really, you know, something that we believe is a competitive space. So we like to think about it's sink or swim. Those that, you know, adapt to social media and to the trends thrive. Those that don't fall behind. Um, and yeah, it's really just about adaptability and, and evolution. Wow. You came up with that? Yeah. That's super dope. <laughs> I love the, uh, One late night. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of stuck. That's super yeah. dope. Um, Okay. And it sounds like you guys are just a one-stop shop, which is amazing. Yeah. Super dope. Um, tell me a little bit more about the modern-day entrepreneur. So what it looks like today, I know you said things are changing. You have to either sink or swim. Um, and I'm sure on paper it all sounds good, but it's a lot of work, a lot of late nights, a lot of early mornings. Um, and maybe there's another side to it that you would like people to know and maybe you wish you knew before you started it 
Yeah, I mean, it was a crash course for me from the beginning. I um, didn't grow up around a lot of entrepreneurship. Um, I definitely didn't know anything about the agency world going into it. Um, so a lot of that I've learned on the fly. I think, you know, from the beginning, I've taken a lot of pride in my role as a leader. And I think that that's something maybe business owners don't always think about when they're jumping into it. They kind sure. of think about, um, you know, your craft and your business and your profit and loss and your revenue and how you're building your clientele and the services you're offering. But um, none of that is possible without, you know, company culture and building a team that believes in the vision. Sure. So, um, you know, over the last seven years, I think that my priority priorities have really evolved into leadership and culture and you start to realize that those two go hand in hand like profit loss you know impact community creativity uh adaptability just like more of a holistic look at all of it so that's something i think more more people should think about and i think this next generation of entrepreneurs does think about that more than Mm -hmm. people in the past um i think there's a certain you know, expectation now going into starting a business that you think about the why behind it, you think about, you know, who, how you can build up your community and the people around you while you're also making money. Um, And I think that that's something that's always been really important, but it's becoming even more of a focus now. So interesting enough, I I thought about um, Jen Sincero, who's the author of You're a Badass, kind of cheesy cliche marketing stuff but the books are really good and one thing that she really emphasized in the yellow one um was everyone is so fixated on their what their when where how why but what you really need to do is just take away three and focus on two the first one is the what and then why is it your what so what is it that ultimately brings you joy what would you consider as your purpose your life calling and then why that's all you need let whatever higher power you believe in take care of the when and the how, and the, what was the fifth one here? When, how. What, why. <laughs> what, why, how. Anyways. Where. Where, thank you. So <laughs> let, let the higher power take. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now everyone's confused. Okay. Anyway, so you figure out your what and your why, and it's beautiful that you figured that out. And the other thing that I really admire is, is um, to be a leader, right, You have to lead by example. We all know that. But it's on a consistent basis. If you don't believe in the vision, how are they supposed to believe in the vision, let alone your clients, right? Mm -hmm. So what would you say would have been some sacrifices or some learning curves along the way, any type of tools and tricks of the trade that really help shape and mold you to be a leader of an entire team? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that I have been really focused my whole life like I've always been working towards the next goal and the next level and coming for from where I'm from and moving to a bigger city like Seattle going to college then moving to LA um you know it was always um I was always making sacrifices along the way I was like Mm -hmm picking and choosing my places, uh, to have fun, to party, you know, um, I was never able to really kind of go through those parts of life quite as freely as I felt like some of my peers did. Um, and it was mainly because, you know, I had this end goal in mind and I had, um, a vision for myself and I, knew that it would require me like kind of burning both ends of the candle, I guess, um, 
for a really long time. And I think that there is like a healthy and unhealthy way to go about that. I think I ventured oftentimes into an unhealthy, you know, space of trying to do it all. Um, Mm -hmm. But in starting the business, things became really crystal clear for me of like what I had time for and what I didn't have time for. Um, And I had to make a lot of adjustments in my life, which, you know, I've kind of labeled as like healthy sacrifices. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're things that I chose instead of something else and, you know, was actively choosing, you know, my, my life. How do you decide that? How do you decide what is something that is serving you, something that's not? How do you decide that this is going to help me in the long run, in the bigger picture? And this is something that maybe just be a little thing now, but could be a big thing later. How do you distinguish that? I mean, I'm a big energy person, so I know when I leave a situation and I feel either um, filled up by it or depleted by it, Mm. Um, and I take enough time, I think, to be alone and on my own to process those interactions and, like, those events, I guess, in my life, so... um, yeah, I think it's it's a lot of that, like paying attention to my internal compass and kind yeah. of understanding, like, did that make me feel better? Did that make me feel worse? Was that fun? Was it just like required of me? Was I sure. peer pressured into that, or was it a choice I made? Like mm-hmm. all of those things, kind of, yeah. Solitude, I reflect on. solitude for the win, for sure. Yeah. And self love isn't selfish. It's important. Mm-hmm. It's necessary for you to know how to move, who to allow into your life, etc. Um, let's talk a little bit about what you told me offline as. Um, you said, now I'm not sacrificing anything, but I'm actively choosing everything that's in my life from what I'm working on, who I'm spending time with. You FaceTime your parents every day. Beautiful. Mom, I, <laughs> I, I, I get there. And and you said you think everything that's been a sacrifice up until now, it's for something bigger and better in your life. Mm-hmm. But again, let's let's hone in here on the fact that you're not sacrificing anything, but you're actively choosing everything that's in your life. That's extremely important easier said than done Mm -hmm. so walk us through it yeah I mean I think it it kind of is like being in the driver's seat of your life versus being in the passenger seat um I think that it's also easy to fall into people pleasing I'm sure both men and women feel that way but I do think think a lot of like some of my female friends fall into that of like you know not wanting to disappoint anyone not wanting to say no to things um not wanting to set boundaries and I've really you know learned that I can only pour from a full cup and I have to um really think about you know what I need in order to show up more fully for other people uh and that's something that you know I've learned through therapy and like all of that stuff is just figuring out how to set healthy boundaries for myself. And then it also, you know, makes it really apparent when people come into your life and they don't respect your boundaries or they like push you out of certain, um, you know, areas of comfort that you've built for yourself that you know work for you. Um, So I think that, yeah, I, I, um, you know, I'm really focused on actively choosing the people in my life. Um, If you are saying no to things, Mm -hmm. you do have to eventually learn how to say yes to the things you want Um, and I think that it's there is a process and I've been through that phase of like I needed to just um, distill and subtract in my life and like get back to my core and get back to my original kind of like calm state and then now I'm starting to add back in into my life and kind of put myself out there a little bit more to you know say yes to the things that do feel right and aligned for me but it takes some time to like get to know yourself a little bit and sometimes that requires cutting some things out, cutting some people out. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. I, I, um, bless, bless my wife's heart. I always tell her, I'm like, look, love, don't say yes to me. If it means saying no to yourself. Like, I don't want to be that person for you, even though I can be demanding at times or um, I need a lot at times. Just if you just know yourself, know that, you know what, right now I need to focus on me or this that I'm currently doing. I have to say no to you and say yes to myself. It's going to help me out in the long run. It's going to help everyone around us in the long run. But again, it's extremely important just to have that base mm-hmm. for yourself to understand that. And anyone in your life that doesn't understand that or respect that or takes it the wrong way may not be needed in your life mm-hmm. right and the ones that are and that and that can see it for what it is would appreciate it because they know at the end of the day anyone in your life who loves and cares about you wants you to be happy and they want whatever it's going to take for you to get that yeah do it to the fullest so yeah. if that means saying no on a friday night which we'll mm-hmm. talk about i know mm-hmm. your friday night game mm-hmm. um <laughs> that's what it means um okay what would you say were some of the biggest challenges or life experiences for you um man and also what were the lessons that you took from them and then how long did it kind of take for you to gather them? So one thing at a time, what was the biggest lesson or experience that you would consider life changing or that kind of crossroad moment? Um, I would say that the couple of years before I started swim were the most life changing in terms of the path that it set me on. Um, I, you know, graduated from college, got a really good job out of college and was traveling like five or six days a week for the most part, um, traveling to New York a lot, um, working up and down the West Coast, Texas, Hawaii, and had a lot of momentum in my career. Um, But I ended up, you know, having some personal things happen. You know, I was in a relationship that went south very quickly and um, kind of had the rug pulled out from under me in that situation. And, um, you know, it definitely affected like my mental and emotional health. And, set me down somewhat of a, you know, you, you don't get to really take time off work for stuff like that. And, um, at the same time, I also got, you know, a new boss in my position that didn't care for me, didn't, you know, believe in me the way that the people prior had. And, you know, it it all kind of like happened at once within the matter of like nine to 12 months. And it just kind of, forced me into ground zero. I got let go of that job. That relationship ended. And um, I was in LA with, you know, no network, uh, no income, just kind of an opportunity to completely rebuild myself and was required to do so. I ended up going to my local coffee shop, Alfred, and it had only been open for about a month and, um, you know, struck up a conversation with Josh. And that became my first freelance client for social media. And wait, hold on. You walked into your local coffee shop and said what? Well, I was looking for jobs online. I was like, you know, I don't know, on some website looking for jobs. And he kind of passed by. I think I had posted maybe a photo from there and um, it was of the wallpaper. And I think he and I just kind of ended up having a conversation and um, talking about what I was looking to do. And, you know, started the process of like, okay, well, I have some ideas for you and I'm going to put some, you know, materials together and kind of pitch you on like social media services. Again, it was something where nobody was offering social media services at that time. I think it was back in like 2013. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, you were really using Instagram as like an editing tool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think it was like only 
three years in at that point. So very yeah. early on. Yeah, I think yeah. so. You're right. Um, and one thing led to another and, you know, had a great success story within that opportunity and then um, started to build a referral based business and like attracted hotels and restaurants and small consumer brands. And um, yeah, ended up, you know, learning through that process that I needed to trust myself, to believe in myself. Um, you know, I remember there being days would go by where I wouldn't even get an email, like, you know, in that time before I started working with Alfred and I would just be like, oh my God, I'm so, you know, career oriented and ambitious. Like I am not being used. No one needs me. And it was like, the worst feeling for me. Um, and over time, I think part of that lesson too, if anybody is going through that, is that you can't attach all of your value to your career either because so much changes and evolves. And even in the year that we've had in 2020, it's like, you know, anyone that lost their job or feels disillusioned in their career because things are changing, like just don't let it affect how you feel about yourself and your confidence and your value um, because it will back, you know, it will bounce back. And, um, that was something I, I learned, I think the hard way, but, um, it's definitely something I carry through with me now. I mean, with swim, I've been rejected quote unquote, like hundreds of times between, you know, whether I perceive rejection to be an opportunity, not landing or a team member leaving or, you know, a client dropping us or whatever it is like, you know, I've done it so all of those situations I've done so many times. And now I just know that one, my value isn't attached to those things. And two, the universe is always like looking out for you when it says no or not right now. Like it's, it's always for the better. Yeah. I have a lot of follow-up questions because that, that was really good. Um, the fact that you can separate the, the value system of, look, I'm not, this is my job. But it's, it doesn't necessarily be this is my end all be all, right? Like you have your own separate core core system there. Um, I've also been rejected probably a hundred times more than you in in my profession, um, and it used to get to me for sure, especially when I was in my early twenties. Um, and someone taught me something a long time ago that's really stuck with me, and I think it's applicable today where we are. Let's not say, and, and you didn't, but let's not say rejection anymore let's say redirection. This wasn't meant for you. Mm -hmm. If it's a job, if it's a person, if it's a partner, if it's a friend, whatever the case is, it's not rejection. It just wasn't for you. It's a redirection, but you have to be open to that redirection, right? We can't just sit here and say, why me? And, and what am I doing wrong? No one needs me, right? You know, no one needs my services. There's definitely a, a, a transition there, a process. So <clears throat> walk me through what was going through your mind, just backtracking a little bit of the time frame of a bad relationship ending, getting fired from your job, you live in a major city, college graduate, what the hell are you supposed to do now mm -hmm. kind of thing, right? Like what was going through your mind? And also, if you can, what were some of the tools and tricks of the trade that got you from that place? Yeah. I mean, I picked up, you know, side jobs like um, in events marketing and, and stuff. And um, that time period was probably between six to nine months of just like figuring it out. Mm -hmm. um, maybe almost like a year of really like figuring it out, 
having to start over. Um, and I went back to just what I knew and what I loved, which was photography. I had an old camera like that I used in college and I had been shooting stuff in college, like weddings and things for money. And, um, I ended up, um, I ended up just kind of dusting the camera off and starting to take pictures again. And I always think back at like that hard skill of just knowing photography is really what helped me build the business initially. Um, I also, you know, really love design. So I had been self-taught with just kind of using, um, like graphic design. And then, um, since then, obviously like learning video editing and stuff too, but, um, you know how to edit. (laughs) You want me to edit this episode? Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get in social media, the shit out of it. (laughs) Social media, the shit out of it. Um, but yeah, I think just going back to the basics and, doing what I knew how to do to make money, but then pairing that with, you know, right place, right time with Instagram starting to be a tool that could be used for marketing and um, the rise of brands and businesses using social media. So it was kind of, yeah, definitely like preparation meets opportunity kind Mm, of thing. Love it. And walk me through something that you mentioned about going from, surviving to thriving. Yeah, I'm still in that transition. <laughs> that's that's a beautiful it's a beautiful sentence and and, and yeah. statement for sure. But the process and the journey is also beautiful as well, right? Mm-hmm. Kobe Kobe said at his um Jersey retirement speech to his little girls, he said um, you know, all that you see now came from a lot of hard work. Mm-hmm. And the early mornings and the late nights and and the travel and he said, but the one thing I'll pass on to you guys is it's all about the journey. It's all about the process. Those are the memories, right? So walk us through some of the process from going from surviving to thriving, because that's that's a metaphor, again, for all aspects of life, not just career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to change your mindset altogether. Um, it's, you know, another not, not so cliche, but like the scarcity to abundance mindset as well um, that some people may kind of be versed in. Um, but you make decisions very differently when you're in survival mode versus when you're uh, thriving and when you feel like you have momentum and you feel like you have a hundred opportunities ahead of you and you have to be selective of the ones that you pick. Um, So I think that, you know, surviving at first that had to do with financial stuff. So it was like, you know, saying yes to everything that to me meant saying yes to every opportunity because I didn't know when the opportunities were going to dry up. I didn't know, um, how long this, uh, you know, how long this wave of opportunities would be there. Um, so that caused a lot of burnout. Um, but yeah, just kind of going into thriving mode is more focused on, alignment and quality of experience for myself, for the clients, for the team. Um, Yeah, that's kind of what it means to me. Mm. You know, I think something that I learned through the pandemic was how important it is to check in with people and to not be on autopilot. I look back at all of the decisions and the ways I was living leading up to 2020 and I had gotten into such an autopilot mode of like, here's the checklist of what it means to run a business and how I need to schedule things. And, um, I was really at the center of my own universe. Um, and I think that I realized 
through the experience of the pandemic, how important it is to understand that like your problems or your goals are no more important than somebody else's. And we all like really need to have that compassion and empathy. And you think you're so important based on, you know, what you're doing and the problems you have. But um, we kind of like look around and realize like, what aspects of society and people are really important to, you know, how we, how we live. And, um, it just gave me a lot of perspective. Yeah. It made me think about, um, I know we, we talked about this before, but you said you're very intentional with, with your time. And I think that's for sure, a, a reminder right now. And then a lesson that I took from 2020 of what are we doing with our time? Right. What are we doing to, utilize our time and, and how are we intentional with it? Um, why does that mean so much to you aside from, again, 2020 being a reminder? Mm-hmm. You know, I think I recognize my own potential. I think I always have understood that I'm capable of things and it's important that I stay on a track that allows me to really maximize my potential. And, you know, I get distracted and put my energy towards things that aren't healthy sometimes and get caught up on the wrong things. But when I, on my really good days, when I'm like doing my best and giving my all, I um, really feel like being intentional with my time is not only like how I give that time to myself, but how I give that time to other people, um, who I'm giving that time to, you know, I think that I think we talked about offline, like just connecting with students over the pandemic. And I hit a wall like a couple months into 2020 of just like, I can't watch any more like TV. I can't (laughs) (laughs) drink any more wine. Like it just, I I realized like, you know, if we're going to be in this for a while, like I can't let days feel like Groundhog Day and I can't kind of let, um, and trust me, we've all, deal with the stress and things differently and some people needed to just retreat and like kind of not put energy out and that's like also important to recognize but for myself being intentional with my time really means like maximizing my own potential showing up fully for myself and for other people again all really powerful and I don't want to let that sit a little bit because if we were just a little bit better at the pregame before we show up to people and for people, mm-hmm. the world would be a better place, let alone who you are to your friend, who you are to your partner and who you are when you show up to work. I think that's really important. I think we've just been so programmed to go, go, go. Like you said, autopilot, you know, in, in 2020 for sure, I think caused this one large pause button mm-hmm. for everybody. And that pause button could have been hard for a lot of people. It could be hard for the ones who distract themselves with work or with activities. It could be hard for the ones who are already going through things in life. And then there's, again, that no distraction around you. You're forced to sit with your thoughts, sit with your feelings, which could be really tough. Um, so it's, it's, again, important to recognize that you're not alone, first and foremost. Everyone goes through this in, in multiple levels of things. But just really tapping back into who you are. Again, being, being intentional with your time. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> I want to talk about, I think a lot of people who would look at your social media, a lot of people listening right now, assume Elena's successful. She maybe has a dream job. Life is good. So on and so forth. But we talked about redefining the word success. 
And I want to talk about that too. And then my other question is, do you have your dream job? (laughs) Yes, I have my dream job. Um, I wake up every day, you know, looking forward to the people I work with and work for, the clients that we have, I wholeheartedly believe in. Um, And that's taken a lot of time, you know, to get it to that point. Um, I appreciate, I, I am very grateful for anyone on the client or team side that has been a part of our journey. Um, but, you know, I think that right now we're in such a maturity state of the business that um, I, I definitely think like it's shaping to be my dream job. Uh, for me, all roads lead back to social media. Like if I were to be doing anything else, I would end up trying to run that person's <laughs> social media <laughs> account or that project social media account. Like yeah. I just think and, you know, think in that way and love um, the possibilities of social media and the instant reward of like mm-hmm. you put something dope out and you get that hit of like people are loving it or people are sharing it. Um, you get to engage people directly You get to see your creative ideas come to life um, in real time. So all of that is extremely rewarding to me. Um, I think that to me, swim is a foundation and I plan to build on top of that foundation and to diversify from that. But I do plan to always have swim in some form or fashion of like an agency that provides new media, social media services to high caliber brands and talent. Um, and that's kind of the, the goal. And, um, you know, from that, I think we can get into longer form content, documentary filmmaking. Um, I have a passion for education and I want to teach more kids, um, students, young people, how they can get into this space, how they can, you know, use their own social media for, um, whether it's community or business, um, creativity, talent, like whatever, you know, also just looking at like, the jobs that exist in the space and kind of carving out like your own job based on your passions. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that those are, those are all ways I plan to like evolve from this dream job that I have, but I wake up every day very grateful for what I get to do. Totally. I mean, for someone as young as you who says that they have their dream job, first of all, to to know what your dream job is, Mm -hmm. is a whole accomplishment. Let's, Let's celebrate that. And the fact that you have it and you started it, Here's your yeah. flowers right now. That's Thank that's you. super dope. Thank you. Good for you. Um, so, again, the, the idea of success. So when you were starting off Swim six years ago now, you said? I think seven, yeah. Okay. Happy anniversary. So do you think um, your idea of success back then is what it is now? I look at success as... Um, being able to live a more like balanced life, fulfilled life. Um, to me, success is found in like the daily experience of what you do and not this like big picture. You just live in a beautiful home and can go on vacation and have a bunch of employees and you're powerful and like, you know, rich and like all of those things. I think that in some ways I was led by some of those aspirations growing up but I also never wanted to compromise like I think along the way I've been really mindful of never compromising just like financial gain for um you know I I've, I haven't like stepped on anyone in order to sure. to make progress like that's never been the goal so 
you know, I think it comes at a, at a cost, but to me, success is not just financial anymore. It's really about, um, being, you know, having personal freedom, being able to make choices around your career and what you're working on. Um, I think it is living comfortably, um, you know, financially, but I just look at it much more like holistically now. That's so important. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because I think I for sure can relate to what you're saying. Growing up, my idea of success was first and foremost money. That was it. Being financially comfortable, being able to take care of my family, um, my future family, et cetera. And now my idea of success is ultimately just fulfillment. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between success and fulfillment, right? And I, f- I found that out uh, 14 years into my career because <laughs> I was like, yeah. on paper, yes, this is a successful career. Um, I'm able to model full time, which not a lot of people, let alone men can say that. Um, super grateful and, and honored to be able to say that. But again, I wasn't fulfilled. And I also knew I had more to bring to the table than just what I appear on, on camera. I'm like, yeah. I have a lot of things to say. I want to help out people, et cetera. So the idea that there's this one size fits all definition for success is that's not the case here. And also, again, as I encourage everyone to try to find what fulfills you. Mm-hmm. Once you find that, I promise you the success will come, right? You can't be the employee of the month at your job if you hate your job. Right. <laughs> okay? Yeah. When it comes to like success and entrepreneurship, I heard a quote from the guy who started Masterclass. I think his name is David. And he said, um, you know, only start a business and be an entrepreneur if what you're doing is something you'd be proud of, even if it failed. Mm. And I think that, you know, if you can define success more about like, what are you just willing to kind of go out on a limb for and believe in? It's also what makes you like unique. And if there is something inside of you that like really makes you tick and really gets you going and gets you (laughs) energized, like that is a calling and you're going to be the best at that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always kind of go back to that because I think that if I had even heard that quote when swim was just starting or when I hadn't even started it yet, I still would have gone for it. And I think that's um, really powerful. That's super powerful. It's so interesting. I was listening to um, a podcast. uh, Steven Spielberg was on on my way here. And he talked about um, the inner voice a little bit, but he said, you know, everyone has this idea that like what their purpose is in life and what is their dream job is just going to like hit them over the head. Like here I am, do, do this. Right. And he said, but it is that little inner voice that you have. And even if you do hear it so many times, people don't want to take the risk. They want the guarantee without the risk. They don't, they don't want to at least just try. And it's what you said about, which is so dope about success. Another way to look at it is, is, um, if you fail, would you be okay with it? And and for me personally, I'll, I'll speak on my um, personal experiences. If this podcast failed, I would be so fulfilled regardless. And the messages that I've get, I, I, I said when I first started this, I just wanted to help one person, whoever that person was that needed to hear this. Um, I, that was my person. Um, and I've gotten hundreds and almost to the thousands of messages and, and, um, you know, just beautiful words of you've helped me with this. You've helped me with that. So, um, number one, this wouldn't fail. It would just stop if anything, but it would never fail. Um, but again, kudos to us for listening to that inner voice, right. And not being afraid to take a risk and not being afraid to 
I, I hate to say failed because again, it's, it's really not. Yeah. not. And I think something like tangible, I guess, to apply or think about is um, when I started swim, I promised myself that if I could just match the salary that I had when I was coming out of college, like I'd okay. be okay. Yeah. Um, and so that was like my deal I kind of made with myself was I wasn't going to fall below that. And if I did, you know, I'd really rethink things. Yeah. Um, and I and I made the sacrifice like earlier in our, earlier in our conversation of like, you know, I probably could have climbed those salary ranks in a corporate job much faster, but I chose personal freedom and being able to be in control of my career and um, starting swim. And, and I definitely sacrificed those first few years of if I could just maintain that, I was good. And so I think, um, you know, if you're somebody, somebody who needs to take calculated risks and you don't have a fallback plan of like oh it's cool you know my family will just like take care of me or whatever um set those guidelines for yourself and and that kind of helps to give yourself a marker where you're not going into like dangerous territory of like oh I'm I'm sacrificing it all or giving it all up for this dream but you know get to a place like during that time you know I was in a corporate job as well as doing freelance and just kind of like building up my freelance roster to a point where I could make the jump into just, you know, having an agency or just doing, um, contracted work. And so that took about, you know, a year or so to get it to that point. And then I was able to make that leap. Mm. Quality over quantity for sure. The quality of life. And for you to have that mindset at the young age that you did, which I'm sure a lot of young entrepreneurs are just like, I don't need sleep. I just want, you know what I mean? Go, go oriented. So it's really powerful that you said that. Um, okay. So if anyone watching or listening and they're thinking all of this sounds amazing, I love the morals. I love the standard. Um, I love the company mottos, all the above and life mottos. What advice would you give them as, is in case they're thinking, wow, I really want to be like her. Hmm. Um, I mean, I think that it's so important to, get to know yourself and to take the time to do that, um, to do the inner work. I know that that is something people talk about a lot and it might be, people might have fatigue hearing it, but I think that as women, especially we get pressured or feel the need to focus so much on the external. And I think we need to focus a lot on the internal and, um, really getting to know ourselves and to know what, makes us feel good and who around us makes us feel good and um, curating your life and putting energy towards the things that um, challenge you and make you excited um, and, you know, give you energy. So I think that that's, I guess, something to really focus on. Yeah, There's a lot of distraction out there and I think that it's easy to uh, focus a lot on like how things look or how things seem or, what am I, you know, going to say about this? How am I going to share this? How am I going to talk? How am I going to talk about this? When really, when you're aligned in your work and in what you're doing, you don't really care who knows. Um, you don't really, you know, need the validation, the outside validation. So yeah, I would say, you know, definitely focusing on like that internal dialogue, um, and you know, what makes you excited about life. And also, let's talk about the self-esteem mm-hmm. and, and this is, this is from you, your, your quote of self-esteem really comes from self sustainability. 
not needing outside validation from boys or from a boss, but really recognizing your own value because you know the work you're putting into being you. Mm-hmm. What that resonated to so much to me and it was so powerful and it is as simple as you are enough you are enough for yourself you're enough for anyone that is meant and deserving to be in your life right i think a lot of people myself included for sure i used to be fixated on what what if they don't like me or what if what if i'm not enough of this or not enough of that but it's like what if they're not right for me what if they're not enough for me again all aspects of life so for you to say about the self-esteem and it really comes from self-sustainability, let's unpack that a little bit yeah. more. Self-sustainability was like a word that, or a term that I kind of created for myself. It wasn't something I learned anywhere or saw anywhere. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that when you think about independence or um, like, I don't want to be that woman that like doesn't need anybody. Like right, that's, right, that's right. That's kind of the... Yeah. You don't want to be too independent. Yeah, I just think that those terms start to, like, create a narrative of you've got to do everything solo and cut anyone out that, you know, doesn't serve your hire or whatever. And, like, I just don't think it's quite so, doesn't need to be quite so black and white. And so that term self-sustainability was, like, a way for me to look at that in a healthier way. And, like, you know, it's not about being so financially independent that you don't need a man. It's like, right. no, you're like financially sustainable on your own and yeah. you know, you can make choices in like a clearer way. And, um, you know, it's, it's self-sustainability is also like how much rest you're getting, like what your nutrition looks like, what your right. physical activity looks like, like just really preserving and taking care of yourself. Um, And so, um, you know, I look back at my career and, and I think about that term sustainability and like how I was operating for those first few years was not sustainable for myself. Um, you know, the hours and the, and the choices I was making, it just wasn't something that I could have survived long-term. Sure. Um, so self-sustainability to me means like self-love, self-care, self-value, but also being able to like live the life you want without being attached to anyone to do that for you. Yeah. So you took the lessons that were given to you and learned from them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and used it to your advantage. I love it. It's beautiful. Let's talk about, um, one of your regrets is not starting sooner. Timing is everything. Let's talk about that. I think that I would have started sooner if I, knew how much the world would be changing in that next 10 years and um, how much, you know, the world needed like new ideas, new industries, new jobs. And we're seeing that now. And, um, you know, I, I started swim at 27. So I don't think that my corporate experience and the jobs I had prior were like not valuable or a wash. I think I learned a lot about professionalism and, Um, you know, systems and processes and things that a corporate environment requires. And I think that being able to start swim with that knowledge and implement some of that stuff early on really allowed me to build a business that was very like respectable from the beginning. Um, But I think that, you know, if I were graduating now or leaving high school, um, I would really take a look at how I could either create a job that doesn't exist or 
how I could shape and mold jobs to my passions and interests and skills versus needing to fit into someone else's idea or like, um, what is it? Square peg in a, a round, round hole. hole or whatever round hole in a square yeah. peg. <laughs> <laughs> Circles and squares. Like just don't, you know, don't feel like you have to, um, fit into someone else's mold. And I, and I hope that that's the way things change in the future is that we look at people's passions and skills and in- interests and we start to build businesses that, um, you know, empower those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's something I have top of mind, like at swim and, and you do still have to run a business and make decisions that are for the betterment of, you know, the business as a whole, but ideally, you know, you're able to tap into different people's ambitions and ideas of what they want for themselves Mm -hmm. and kind of grow accordingly. Um, but having some awareness of what I bring to the table and kind of demanding that, you know a job is created for me or (laughs) which sounds crazy, but I really feel like that's where we're heading. Sure. And, um, I have a, I have a great quote here from someone, you know, life is a game of subtraction rather than addition. Yeah. That's like my motto now. (laughs) That's your quote. (laughs) Yeah. And that's kind of a, a beautiful way to sum it all up. You know, you have to figure out what you need to subtract in order. Well, let me add to it. If I can, you need to figure out what and who to subtract in your life in order to add the right people or the right opportunity into your life. Absolutely. Mm. So what would you say would be some of your final takeaways from the episode? Um, my number one thing is like protect your energy, um, do what it takes, make the hard decisions to do that. You know, for my like weekly, schedule I try to take a night for myself those are Friday nights where I just like come down from the week um chill out I oftentimes just don't have anything left to give like on a Friday night by the end of the week (laughs) if I've given it 100% all week um and then that frees me up to like come back feeling good on a Saturday and like see my friends and hang out and have a good time but um yeah start to like build you know um like I have a mood board a vision board in my room that Mm is mostly like text-based and it kind of just has all these lists around it of like here are my themes of life that I want to achieve and then here are my daily actions that I need to take um you know if health is a theme of the year then what are like three actions in the morning that I can take like meditation a workout lemon water like hydration just all of those things like figuring out like what are what are the big themes and then what are like the small daily steps that you can take and build into your schedule wow you are the like the, what I'm gathering. And I'm sure everyone listening and watching is is putting together here like the epitome of self love mm. and knowing who you are. I want to. Okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up. I'm gonna give you the moment of acknowledgement because this is like fresh in my mind right now for you, and then we'll go into the round of not so rapid fire <laughs> questions. <laughs> I cheated. We'll explain why. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so my. Every episode, I always acknowledge my guest. And um, I had an idea of, of who you were based on what you give us on social media, but you are better than advertised. And, and I'll explain why. The fact, again, that you are so sure on not only who you are, but what you need. That is so important. Like that, that is not common sense. It's, it's rocket science for a lot of people. It was rocket science for me. I thought I could conquer the world. 
by myself. I thought I could just take and take and take and take and never give back to myself. And I love that you said um, earlier in the in the episode about you can't pour from a cup that's empty. So for you to not only know that, not only believe it, not only have it as a mantra in your head, an affirmation in your head, but it's also one of your intentions for everyone else around you. That's so important because everyone around you has to benefit from that. I'm sure that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one thing. And the other thing too is that I love your your outlook on again the word success and the word failure, which are just so common words that I think a lot of people just you know pick from a, a, a hat like blindly. Just okay, this this is success, and this is what I'm supposed to do, and this is where I'm supposed to go. Okay, cool, you got it. And then now we're sixty, mm-hmm. and now what? Because you're not fulfilled. Right. So the fact that you embody fulfillment, you have your dream job. I won't tell when your age, but you have your dream job at your young age. Like. That's wild. Have you ever like really sat down and like really rewarded yourself for that? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I that's think it's insane. The, the daily, you know, things that you do um for yourself. Prioritizing myself is the reward. Like being able to do that is the reward. Well, it's paid off. Thank you. No pun intended with the reward, but it's definitely paid off. And I will say, though, that, like, it's not a place you reach and then, like, it's coasting from there and you're good. And I'm like, oh, I got my dream job and I, you know, accomplished this inner, like, growth or whatever. It's like a daily challenge. It's like every day you kind of wake up and some days feel better than others. And some days it's easier to show up for yourself or for other people than other Mm. times. Um, But I think feel good that I have the clarity to know that that path or that way of living exists so that I can strive for it every day Mm. whether I like hit the mark or not every day is is another thing but um it's important to me that I got to a place where I have like tools too in my tool belt like 100% through the therapy and the different things that I've like experienced I feel like um I've really learned to listen like even when I started swim, when I felt shaky about how things were going, my, um, or if I felt nervous about something or stressed about something, my gut reaction was just to lean in. So I would work like 18 hours that day. And like, I would wake up extra early and stay up extra late and like really lean in. And now I know when I'm feeling a little off, I need to like go on a walk or I need to like work out or I need to take a nap. (laughs) And it's very counterintuitive. Um, but I've learned like for the self sustainability, yeah, um, that's super important. So yeah, every day is like a new opportunity to, um, be challenged by that growth and like check in and, and sure. aim for that spot. Yeah, totally. But again, the, the tools you use the right word for sure. It's, mm-hmm. it's finding your tools, knowing what you need, how you need it and how often you need it. And then being able to pull from that toolbox and saying, okay, I need a tune up on here. I got the right tool for it, which yeah. is great. Yeah. Um, okay. Round of rapid fire questions. <laughs> cheated it's all good um okay question number one if you could do anything without failing what would you do be an entrepreneur (laughs) (laughs) i think that's so scary it's like the scariest thing but um yeah just entrepreneurship okay question number two i selfishly asked this question um, for my daughter who is a teenager and, um, I always preface by saying, I understand a lot of things that I won't understand. 
but there will be plenty of moments where I can just hit play on an episode and say, here you go, mama, watch this. Um, so my question to you is, what advice would you give to your teenage self? She went through a lot, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> I would tell her, like, not to care so much about what other people think. Um, I think that that's a lesson I'm still kind of learning today. Yeah. But um, I would tell my teenage self that everything was going to be okay. I think that um, I stressed a lot about what my life was going to look like and how things were going to play out. Um, you know, I was, I had that inner ambition and, um, you know, worked really hard in school and kind of like tried to do a lot of different things. And in retrospect, like, I'm glad that I did all of those things. But, um, I think for the first portion of like the first 25 years of my life or so, I was just in such overdrive, um, that, you know, I would just let her know it was going to be fine. And like, also that the universe makes a lot of decisions for you. Like all you have to do is show up in your A game and like be ready, but you aren't really going to get to control the outcome in every scenario. So yeah, just telling her like, it's going to be good. It's going to be cool. It's going to be fine. You're going to get there and it might not happen on the timeline that you expect it to happen, but, um, it will happen. And the things that don't happen, it's okay. Other, other good stuff happens. So yeah. And again, it's not rejection, it's redirection, right? And the other thing I'll add too for the um, the universe thing, um, be open, right? There's a there's a really cool, um, I'll find it, if you guys are watching, I'll put it on the screen. There's a really cool um, little um, illustration uh, where it's this little guy um, and he's like leaning like, no, 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 don't, don't push me, don't push me. And there's this really large finger that's pushing them. And what, what the finger's pushing him towards is, and it says what you asked for. It's like, be careful what you ask for. Be careful what you wish for. I can give it to you. You know what I mean? One of those things. So um, just make sure you're, you're open to it as well. Yeah. Um, question number three. We talked about the fact that you have your dream job. We celebrated it. What does your dream life look like? <laughs> I still have a dog. <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that number one is health feeling my best, um, having my family close enough by to get to see, see them when I want to, um, you know, comfortable life. I think I'm big on design and, you know, I want to be able to create a home environment that I'm inspired by. So I think a lot about what my life looks like in that way, in those terms. Um, and getting to a place in my career, which I feel very close to, uh, where I'm like choosing, you know, my, my opportunities and choosing my path and, um, creating like building blocks for myself that are intentional and, um, being able to travel, uh, experience different cultures. And yeah, I think, you know, a partner, I think that's, Okay. Part of the scenario in some capacity. Yeah. Don't know if that looks like marriage or not, but you know, okay. in some capacity. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Question number four. What do you want to be known for when you leave this earth? Think legacy. Yeah, I think it's, you know, 
I think it's in how I make people feel. That would be my goal, you know, is, is that I always want the people around me to feel supported and inspired by my support for them. Um, and I want people to feel that I believed in them and that they maybe realized their own p- potential or, um, you know, were able to recognize what their purpose was or what their potential is through an interaction with me or through, um, time with me. Um, I think that part of my gift and what I do is to be able to see potential for people. I think that that's, you know, plays into like the social media strategies that we create and stuff. And, um, I really believe in people and sometimes I think I believe in them more than they believe in themselves. Mm -hmm. And so if I can leave this earth, having people feel like, you know, that they, yeah, that they saw what, how, how great they could be, um, because I believed in them. I think that would be huge. (laughs) Wow. That, that would, that's amazing. Great answer. Um, okay. Question number five, final question. What does Elena admire most about Elena? Oh gosh. Um, I think I admire most, um, like my heart and my authenticity and being genuine. I think I treat everyone and respect everyone, um, you know, with high regard. And I think that that's something that I have realized that, you know, not a lot of, not everyone is that way or they have their own stuff, um, that, you know, gets in the way of them being that way. But I feel like, yeah, for me, I admire, um, yeah, my heart. Again, there's no wrong answers. This is a beautiful (laughs) answer. So cheesy. No, but not a lot of people can, (laughs) (laughs) uh, not a lot of people can say that or, or be honest when, when they, when they say it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so where can people find you? The social media handle has been popping up throughout the episode, but, um, just a reminder and, um, yeah, anything yeah. you want people to know? Uh, you can find my business at Swim Social on Instagram. Uh, you can check out our website, swimsocial.com. And my personal Instagram is at Elena, E-L-E-N-A. And that's How did you it. get that, by the way? We How is that not know. taken? <laughs> oh, you, you know people? We, have, we know people. Oh, you know people? <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it has been a privilege and honor uh, this was me kind of getting to know you um, and I really appreciate you sharing all this free game all these gems that I'm sure are going to help a lot of people um, again appreciate you for what you do and for what you stand for more importantly and um, yeah full gratitude for you for coming on thank you thank you and um, I recognized you know in looking at your past videos and stuff how much this was purpose driven for you and how you know you were looking to really be generous with the time and the energy um and it's a big draw as to you know why i wanted to connect and stuff too so i appreciate that i appreciate you all right thanks again Anything to give women who don't need a man, don't need a partner, but want a man or want a partner. Yeah, I think something we talked about was like 
feminine energy and like it's so important to you know not look at that so much as like male female but like staying in your feminine energy means like you're attracting things in, in your life and um I think that when you're wired in business to um go after things or like initiate conversation or make the schedule or do the you know like pursue I think that sometimes being able to switch into like your feminine energy when it comes right. to like dating and being able to you know yeah not con- not have to control the situation and, and be yeah. like yeah, I'm just gonna like attract and yeah. do my thing and um yeah this writer I don't know, actually know who he is Mark Nepo has like a nice um quote that says the flower doesn't dream of the bee it blossoms and the bee comes and I think that that kind of is like if you are just living your best life like you don't even have to think about the bee like the bee will just come to you and I think that that's the case with like opportunities and stuff too but when it comes to dating like yeah you know your patience is going to get tested and all of that but um just be the flower that's blossoming (laughs) don't worry about when the bee is going to come yeah I've been saying on here quite often that uh when you're younger and you're dating you are very clear on what you want in a partner. They need to be this tall or look this way or have this job, whatever it is. And then as you get older, that list of uh, what you want in a partner kind of gets set to the side and in come the list of, here's what I don't want, <laughs> right? You're more focused on what you don't want as you get older as opposed to what you do want. What you do want becomes a little more flexible, right? You're like, there's no such thing as a perfect guy out here. Come to find out. There's no such thing as a perfect girl out here come to find out but through all my life experiences and especially the romantic ones I have been shown one thing for sure of what I don't want what hasn't worked for me and that's beautiful when you're aware of that not only will you be able to see red flags quicker and sooner and actually see them as red not gray and then also just understanding how you need to show up in relationship yeah who you are as a partner in relationship know your love languages do you know your love languages yeah. What you got? No, I'm not. I'm not going. There. <laughs> hey, they're, hey, this. I'm not giving the cheat codes. Hey, out. this might be uh, your opportunity. <laughs> it's open. No, but, um, but no, know your love languages. Know your, you know your attachment styles. Yeah. Okay. Know your attachment styles. Good. You're, you're ready. I'm on TikTok. I learn all of this on TikTok. <laughs> That's on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. All right. It's more educational than I thought. Um, but yeah, the the more um, and and obviously you're you're all for really truly learning self first and foremost so prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed subscription required individual results may vary additional restrictions apply at lifemd.com read all warnings before using glp1s side effects may include a risk of thyroid c-cell tumors do not use glp1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. 
And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.